0: With five seconds to go. Touchdown! Unbelievable! Take it in, folks. For the win Texas is bad, folks.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Texan Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Smoot. Uh, today with me I got the gang, Marcus Crum, stephen Wagner, Maya Taylor. Uh, what's going on, guys? Steven, where, uh, what you what you been up to? What
2: to do, baby? Uh, hasn't really been anything. But it's my roommate's twenty first today, so you know how that goes—saying something but not really saying something. Gonna keep that. Uh, gonna keep that on the hush hush.
3: What's up, guys? Um, honestly, I've I've been trying to find things to do to fill my day. I've been reading a lot of just like. All the articles I can find, um, going back in the Sports Illustrated Vault, and pretty much just bored in the house.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've just been pretty bored. Just took a nice nap, so that was great.
3: That's a, that's a great way to spend like one to four hours of your afternoon.
0: Yeah, it was only it was only like an hour, so that sucks. But it was much needed. It was much needed.
1: Sounds good. Wait, y- y'all be taking four hour naps? Sometimes, bro. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> I know. I just can't remember. I think the longest nap I've had, honestly, in quarantine, like in just like one continuous thing, is probably two. But like, I'll take like multiple naps a day. Really? That, 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 I've that's never done I do. that. I take I take multiple. I don't take like the one. Take like extended. a morning
0: and an afternoon nap. Yeah. This is the first nap <laughs> I've taken in a while. So. No.
3: My, <laughs> <a> <laughs> you've been grinding too much. You gotta, yeah, you gotta take like, naps every like, once in a, I'm,
0: a while. I'm like really tired. <laughs> It's yeah.
1: like a perpetual tiredness, but I have a, I have a scheduled nap time every day. It's like two two o'clock is my nap. Wow. And so that's that's how I'm living. You're a,
3: you're an old man. You you truly are.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, guys. I, I great guess, quarantine I guess.
3: conversation.
1: Great I quarantine
3: conversation.
2: We have
1: to have it. We have to we have to know everybody's nap schedule. Uh, all right. So let's as you know, per usual, we have our icebreaker. And the honestly, the best thing to happen, um, probably in, like, the last couple weeks. Uh, It's the announcement of Cam Newton signing to the Patriots. I mean, I think all of us saw it coming back in March. But so, Maya, I want to start with you. How happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10 that Cam is with the Patriots?
0: I'm, like, kind of indifferent. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see. I think it's cool that they gave him an opportunity, like, you love to see it. But it just, the world just feels weird right now, especially with sports. Like, who could have imagined that, like, Cam would be on the pads? That's like crazy to me. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. It'll be interesting.
2: I've got, like, such mixed feelings about this. Like, if I had to give myself a scale of, like one to 10, I'd say maybe like a six, like, leaning a little bit, to- like, leaning a little bit towards the side of happy just because of Cam. Like, I love Cam Newton. Like I'm so happy that he got a really great opportunity because, like, I think this is best case scenario for both of them. But at the same time, I'm pissed because I inherently don't want the Patriots to be good. Just like I inherently don't want the Lakers to be good, and I inherently don't want the Yankees to be good. So I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of like a yin yang. But I mean, they're gonna go 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 12 and 4 anyway. So at the end of the day. You know, it's just a matter of who's their quarterback going to be now it's going to be cam newton so yippee Kaye.
3: listen man i i am as much a patriot hater as anybody else but i'm they might be like my second or third team to root for this year because i i cannot root against cam newton that's he's first of all he hasn't had a healthy body in years Pro- probably i mean hasn't been fully healthy since the mvp season and you, you know, you put that on top of Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick running the show over there. Um, I mean, it should be fun, first of all. Uh, but second of all, it's again, it's it's great to see Cam get another opportunity. I just, I, I I wish it didn't have to be the Patriots, but on the other side of that, like, there's no way he's not utilized to his full potential this next year.
1: I'm I'm gonna tell you guys where I'm at. I am at a twenty. That that he's that he's on that he's on the Patriots. First off, he got signed to a bum contract. Like the fact that that it's like a one year seven and a half million dollar deal, is is whack. Um, he he should be getting paid more, but nobody nobody wanted him, so so he had to sign for what he signed for. Sec- second of all, Cam's Cam's MVP season was one of the most fun seasons of football, right that I've that I've seen. Uh, in a while, and it was one of the most fun seasons that I have just watching like a single player, and so I'm I'm completely and outside of my own co- quarterback in Carson Wentz from Philadelphia, fly goes fly. Cam Newton is my favorite quarterback in the in the NFL, and so to see him go to New England and be with the with the greatest coach of all time, that's gonna be fire. I want to pose this to you guys because I as because as soon as it happened, this popped into my mind. If everything goes the way that it goes. The divisional round, we're gonna get some type of combination of Cam, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. Like, like, think think about that divisional divisional weekend in the AFC is going to be the best weekend of the year.
2: And Ben Roethlisberger.
1: Stop it. The Steelers are and Steelers, Big Ben. The Steelers are not making the playoffs.
2: And Big Ben, wave that terrible towel.
1: They're they're not they're not making the playoffs, but the divisional round though. If everything goes the way that that it should, those four, I, I I can't wait. I really can't wait. And so, in order for that to happen, I need everybody to wear their mask because I really need to see that to see that Ooh. happen. All right, let's let's get let's get down to business, um, real quick. So, so this week UT released um, their fall plan, um, and so and basically it was, it's just an official statement of, of, of what they want uh, fall 2020 to look like. They've been basically releasing a lot of the information that they put out uh, in the official plan, so there wasn't necessarily anything new, but um, now it's just all official and set in stone, and this is what they want to happen. And in the plan, they said football's going to happen, and they're going to try and put fans in the stands at DKR and they're going to try to um, – and so obviously it's not going to be 100,000 people every week, but they're going to try and have some semblance of a normal football season, and things are going to start on time. Uh, Marcus, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on UT basically forcing this thing to happen?
3: I mean, it's the same as every other sport that's forcing this thing to happen right now. We're watching the NBA. They haven't even – I mean, begun. They're not even close to beginning the, the bubble – in Orlando, and they're already having problems with it. They have players dropping out. They have the Denver Nuggets uh, earlier today shut down their, their practice facility because they have several players testing positive. I mean, the, the whole thing right now is forced, and and that's across the nation with sports and really with, with everything in, in our society right now. As, as everybody's trying to force things back to normal, and that just can't happen uh, and, until we get this under control. And so especially, I think, with college football, you have A, college students who are the biggest variable of this whole thing because, I I mean, y'all have friends, I'm sure, that are still going out. Like, I, I know people that just are doing, you know, acting like it's normal. And so you have this group of college students that's expected to play on Saturdays that I, I just I, I don't trust them to do with they need to do and that's not every player but that's just in general college students right and then on top of that you have travel and you have hotels and you there's just so many variables uh, within college football that you just can't control and unless we see some massive um, improvement over the next month or so which we're not going to see because nobody's wearing masks then I, I just don't see this playing out well I, I think if I had to make like a a solid prediction of what i think is going to happen i think they get right up to the point where they're starting the season and maybe play one or two games but there's no way that there's a a full college football season this fall
0: yeah um i think college football happening just it sounds like a giant scam to me um even even with like us going back to school in the fall um they, they they're not really like they're not clear they don't really have a real plan like they released the official plan but it's not really set in stone and it was kind of the same as it's been like the past month or so and so I really think they're just trying to get over in students make sure that we pay even though it's like we're going to be halfway online and everything and the saying goes with football um they started pumping out the big ticket not too long ago and it's same price you know um but students aren't really guaranteed if they'll get in and even then it's like I think they're gonna um first preference to season ticket holders uh actually like a couple weeks ago we ran a story about fans reacting to like not going to games and whenever i spoke with drew martin the external athletic director guy he he was pretty vague he just kind of said like oh yeah we're gonna do our best to accommodate students but there's just no concrete plan so just sounds kind of like a scam to me
1: Steven how do you feel about us going back to school like do you do you feel confident because I don't I'm not 100% confident that we're going to make it all the way through the semester which is two weeks shorter than it would be but and so it starts August 26th and it's supposed to end I think December 7th but I still don't think that I mean no not December 7th the day before Thanksgiving uh, but I I don't think that we make it through how do you feel about that?
2: Okay, I think so much of this really does depend on football, just because a university the size of Texas actually like I take that back scratch that any university anywhere does not want to lose out on the tens of millions that the crappy schools get and the hundreds of millions that the good schools get just from football, just from football season. I read a report the other day that some anonymous high ranking college football executive. Well, actually, not the other day. It was like a week ago, but still that some anonymous high-ranking college football executive said that there's a 70% chance that the season starts, that the season actually starts in September and that the games are played in September, but there's only a third, but he thinks there's only a 30% chance that the season actually ends, that we have a college football playoff, that we have a national championship, that we get through conference championship week, that we get through all that good stuff. And a lot of that just has to do with schools wanting to play because of the financial burden that not playing football carries with it. You know, even for these smaller schools, uh, I saw I saw something in Sports Illustrated in the Sports Illustrated post that said that forty percent of the Power Five schools do not have the resources to make it through to make it through uh, an, ac- an academic year without playing football. You know, the, and these are these are smaller or these are big schools that have small athletic departments. You know, like we're looking at like. Rutgers, we're looking at like UConn, uh, UCLA recently just had their deal with Under Armour ter- terminated because Under Armour said that UCLA wasn't meet- wasn't meeting its marketing incentives that were outlined in the contract. So the universities are going to do everything they possibly can to play football, and in order for that to happen, they need to have students on campus. And you know, with as bad as things are now, and everybody's still wanting to push forward. I think that's. I think that really does say something because it's saying we're not. You know, we're willing to sacrifice a little bit of safety if it means that these games are actually going to get paid and we're going to be able to avoid our budget or this anticipated budget deficit. And so you're seeing schools like UT crank out the big ticket and churn it out or and try to churn it out to its students. But you know, who's going to buy the big ticket right now? It, especially if the school. You know, especially if the school can't fit. Uh, especially if the school can't fit 100,000 people into DKR whenever, whenever September comes around, you know, like right now, I think they're saying, you know, it might be able to be like 30% or maybe a third of its actual capacity. And a lot of that's probably going to go into season ticket holders. So who knows what's actually going to happen?
1: I think, okay. So one, so and any one of y'all jump in if i'm wrong right but i think any i think all of us are in agreement that these games probably shouldn't happen um for the safety of everybody and we probably shouldn't be playing football as early as as the last week in august um but uh, i mean you i understand why right i get why i don't i don't think it's right but i get why because and just as Stephen just said, there's all this money on the line. Do y'all think? Um, because we've seen it with other schools, especially with like with St. Edwards and St. Edwards had to cut um, had to cut their programs because they weren't going to have the funds. And so, how how do you think this is going to affect all the other school, all the other you know sports, and not not just across the nation, but specifically at UT? Um, Marcus, what do you think is going to happen to 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 the smaller sports, even the sports who are who are good, like volleyball, volleyball just the um the preseason poll just came in and they're ranked number one. And so even for a national championship contending team like volleyball, what's the outlook going to be if there's no football?
3: Yeah, so that's honestly a major issue that will likely come from this fall. Um, the only profitable sports at u T are football, men's basketball, I believe, softball, and I'm pretty sure, as as far as I know, that's it. And so, baseballs,
2: baseball's makes like is a slightly, tiny profit. So we're talking yeah, like so, so, profit. so
3: softball and baseball um, are both on that list, but not not like substantial, not not like football. And so, so let's say, like we're all thinking, the football season doesn't happen as planned, um, and there's a lot of money lost in the athletics department. Um now I, I, I do think Texas being the institution that it is, I, I think that they'll survive pretty much anything um, that comes their way financially because even even with loss of money from football, I mean the amount of money that comes in from boosters, from donors, um, just there, there's there's so much other money that they can, funnel into smaller programs that that wouldn't otherwise be able to survive that i i don't think that this will affect texas in any major way we might see some of the smaller uh, like potentially like the club programs lose some funding or um some of the smaller programs i don't know like rowing um but i i feel like across the board this will likely not affect even the smaller sports but what we're going to see is schools and not even like significantly smaller schools, but just uh, other schools that don't have the donor base that UT has. I feel like that's where we're going to see some major changes in athletics programs. If football doesn't happen, because if you don't have money coming in from somewhere there, there are going to be other schools that just don't have enough funds to survive throughout, you know, a full year without the funds coming in from football. And so I think we'll see, um, some of the, the, um, the group of five schools, division two schools, and maybe even some of the smaller power five schools have issues along those lines.
1: Maya, um, how, how do you see the season playing out? And not only for the smaller schools, but, um, but I guess for the landscape of college sports.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like Corona is just changing the world and, and, so many different ways, um, and we're seeing we're seeing a lot of smaller schools, even like HBCUs. Um, like I, I heard, like Morehouse, like their seasons like axed. Um, but we're just kind of I think people are starting to reevaluate like what's important. And you know, I've seen a lot of like rhetoric on Twitter. Not that Twitter like people on Twitter speak for everybody, but um, just I think people are starting to reevaluate. They're like, well how important are these games? Like, how important is our entertainment if we can't figure out all these, like, other issues as far as health or, like, racial injustice, all of that? Um, but I think I think this speaks to just how important sports are, actually. Um, I mean, people really want to see the season happen, and that's just from, like, a cultural standpoint. That's from a monetary standpoint. But it's kind of like the fabric of, like who we are like we want to see that happen so um you know i think i think it's unfortunate i think it's going to really like shape just how people perceive sports like in the future um after like post corona and everything as far as like texas surviving like they'll be fine the wall street journal reported they were like worth 1.1 billion in 2018 so they'll be okay um but it is it is very unfortunate for smaller schools um you know, I, I wish that these circumstances weren't happening, but I think it's making us think a lot about things and think about what's important and just stuff.
1: Yeah, I think I, I've been thinking about that a lot as well. Um, I think I think especially like we've we've come to realize, okay, like we can live without sports and they they're they're not as dire as we make them seem, but at the same time, we do need an escape. Um, at a certain point, and so while, um, while, but also along those lines, as much as we would love to see these games being played, it's it's not worth the risk of everybody's safety. I mean, Rudy Gobert just came out and he just said that he's not fully recovered from from his um, from his it's been, you know spent months with corona. Exactly, it's three he, months. Exactly. Rudy Gobert tested positive on March eleventh, and it's and tomorrow is July first. And he still is having problems with with uh, smelling things and tasting things, and so so we still don't know 100 percent of the side effects and the long term effects, and so while we would love to see these sports, I just think that the safety of everybody is probably uh, it's not probably the safety of everybody is more important. Um, but I think I think with that I think that's a that's a great place to end with us being very, you know. Uh, introspective about about sports in our lives um, but you know we will see you guys next time that's all that we have for today um, until we get back to you guys make sure to read all of our fantastic stories at Um Stephen just came out with a great story about the lack of uh, about the lack of representation with black coaches um, at UT and and across the nation Uh, Maya Maya just came out with a with the great piece about about the how how big right the Longhorn uh, brand is and um, for for our paper and for the podcast we have a lot more coming to you guys but until next time uh, we'll we'll see you guys.
0: Texan Overtime is a production of the Daily Texan Sports and Audio Departments. Overtime is made with the help of Donovan Smoot, Maya Taylor, Marcus Crum, and Stephen Wagner. It's produced and edited by Harper Carleton. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Texan Audio and at Texan Sports. Thank you for listening and see you next week.